This meeting is being recorded. Okay, good to know. <laughs> What's going yeah. on? <laughs> Welcome to Moot, the podcast where mistakes are guaranteed and our point is Moot. My name is Joe, as uh, you very well should know by now. And I'm with Jeremy, who you also should know by now. Yep. And today, uh, well, first we're going to start by apologizing that we didn't release an episode yesterday. Um, but it, it, it works out. It works out because the topic today is like, you know, life and how things have changed in the last year since I met my better half, Jeremy, online. Uh, actually, yeah, we met for the first time. Well, we have never met, actually, but we met for the first time on Reddit two weeks and one day ago. Like, and a year, of course, but, you know, like on the date, on the calendar. Yeah, we had our anniversary. Yeah, we did. We did. We celebrated it uh, now by panicking and making an episode and figuring out <laughs> when our anniversary was. <laughs> but, yeah, the reason we didn't... Uh, do an episode yesterday was uh, poor time management uh, and because you know Jeremy has a lot of shit going on and I got a new job which is you know big for me because I haven't worked in ever (laughs) yeah yeah it's been been kind of crazy it's so yeah actually why why don't you tell about the job because the job is cool Oh yeah, it's cool. It's uh, essentially I'm a host at a restaurant. It's a really nice restaurant uh, in Bergen called uh, Puca Madre, and it's uh, like a Mexican place. Uh, and what's super cool is it has a lot of Mexicans in it, which is not normal in Norway. We Mexicans are like a rare delicacy here. You know, we don't eat them, but we like their food. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like if you find a Mexican place in Norway, it's mostly going to have like, you know, Kurdish people in it uh, or some so, someone who feels like they can pass off as Mexican, essentially. Right. But re- rarely an actual Mexican. That's uh, that's very rare. I, uh, I, 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 I still brag to customers that we have all our chefs are Mexicans and people go like, whoa, that's cool. You know? Yeah. It's like, a, yeah, it's like a treat for people. And uh, I love everyone there. Like, they are already a family to me. It is just like, they could go, like, they could just say, this week we can't pay you guys. And I would still show up and do the exact same job I do every time. Because I fucking love these people. They've given me a purpose with my life. And honestly, the restaurant is just, it's got such a vibe going, man. It's just, it feels like I'm in Mexico and I've never been in Mexico. So you know that I'm telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but uh, they are so great. And also, you know, they make real Mexican food. Like Tex-Mex is like a curse word back in the kitchen. I love it. I'm very happy for you. I was saying to him uh, the other day that, that a year ago when we first met, he was a very different person. And his outlook on life and things have improved dramatically even from like six months ago oh yeah yeah i I, tried to try to describe me the way i was a year ago oh man well about yay tall (laughs) fuck off yay (laughs) Um, (laughs) more 
more sarcastic and melancholy, I think, uh, and less purpose. That sounds accurate. That sounds very accurate. Definitely less purpose. I was just like, hmm, should I jump a bridge today or not? That was like my closest thing to purpose. <laughs> uh, the melancholy? Yeah, definitely. I feel a lot brighter and lighter today than I did then. And I don't even remember how I felt then because, you know, I forget what I ate for breakfast today. So I'm not going to remember how I felt a year ago. <laughs> but I trust you. And uh, <laughs> sarcastic. I don't know. Was I ever that sarcastic? Maybe I was. Um, more. And it, and it had kind of a bite to it. Kind of like a a pessimist's edge. Oh, yeah, like a bitch. Yeah, I was a bit bitchy. I can definitely <laughs> see that. <laughs> yes. Totally different direction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I do feel a little lighter and friendlier and nicer now. I think that's good. Yeah. That gives me hope for other people because I know a lot of assholes out there. And I feel like yeah, maybe all they need is just a nice Mexican restaurant to work in. <laughs> you should explain how you got the job because you got the job. You were given it while you were hosting something completely unrelated. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I probably would never have gotten the job if uh, I wasn't doing the climate festival, which is a thing that Jeremy and I have been doing uh, this year. Uh, I did it last year, too. It's a pain in the ass, pain in the neck, and uh, it actively damages my soul to do the work. But, um, <laughs> you know, you meet a lot of interesting people, and I enjoy that. Plus, you get to pretend you're saving the earth and that makes me feel good about myself um but yeah like a friend of mine there uh an italian uh, fellow named danielle um he's a sommelier uh like a wine tasting fella uh he's a really cool guy he's a really interesting guy i've uh, spent a lot of time with him lately and uh, i tremendously enjoy every moment of it and wish i could spend a little bit more with him but unfortunately that fine fellow got me a job so I don't have as much time. Uh, that is not unfortunate. Uh, but um, what was I saying? Yeah, I was a Toastmaster at the Climate Festival because we had an opening and a closing ceremony and you need, you know, someone in a you know, floral shirt to stand on the stage and go like, okay, thank you so much to this speaker. And now for the next artist coming up on stage, here's some people doing some stuff to entertain you, give a great round of applause for dit and dot, you know. Um, and that was basically my thing. I did that. And um, uh, Danielle, he really liked my energy and said that uh, he thought I'd be great as a, ho for a, as a host for a restaurant. Because that's basically all you do then, you know. You just make people feel welcome and, you know, yeah, you just introduce them to everything and find them seats. Oh. For them. You know, you make... You make people feel like they're at home when they're not at home that's your job we talked about uh, this too and I, I think it's important to note that that while that is the case in some restaurants i think a lot of american restaurants depending on the price point you go for they'll <laughs> the host is just like grabs two it's like says how many how many at your table and you say two and they grab two menus and they just start walking no <laughs> you know, you just yeah walk. that's that doesn't sound very fun <laughs> that's I, I might be less energetic if that was my job. Um, although the description is accurate of my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, my, my job is essentially 
the stand by like the podium uh, when people drop by I go like hey, have you reserved the table and they go like no and I'm like oh if you could scan this QR code for me and you know it's just like uh, spooling. what the hell is that in English it sounds dramatic in English infection tracking Oh, <laughs> uh, it's COVID that beeper thing. It's a COVID thing. We we have people write their names and phone numbers on a thing, so with uh, people know where they have been in case they start spreading plague. Man, that's crazy organized and awesome. Oh yeah, it, it's nice. It's nice. Every every place uh, in Bergen has that. Every place in Norway probably probably more accurate. So any restaurant will have like they even have a paper. And then you have a physical pen where you literally write your name and number. Yeah. Uh, but they'll have like one of those uh, hand sanitizer bottles next to it so that it's not a plague paper and a plague pen, you know? Usually, the places that I've been to since things have started opening up, although I haven't been very many, so I don't really know. But I think the most that I've seen is a thermometer just to make sure that you're not actively running a fever or something. Oh yeah, no, but the symptoms of COVID, you know, like you can't, sometimes you can't see them for like days later, you know? Right. So uh, even if you're like completely symptom free now, you could still be like spreading your filth. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we really prefer that uh, we keep track of where you've been. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I think that's, <laughs> I can, yeah. I can see trying to pitch that to Ohio's legislature though. <laughs> yeah it might be like a little bit like what is this 1984 because it does feel a little 1984-ish um but uh you know it's not it's not really that bad like if you're worried about the government tracking you you know get rid of your fucking smartphone you know <laughs> you're already being That's tracked like good. anyone who, anyone who's worried about being chipped through a vaccine is a moron because uh they, they could literally tell you that we are tracking you. We are uh, doing uh, malicious shit behind closed doors, and we're using your phone to track you. That is the way we got a hold of you, you know. And we're going to keep doing it. This yeah. admittance is not an apology. We will track you further through your phone. People would still not get rid of their phones. Not a single fucking person, you know. So it's like, why would they even bother creating a teeny tiny chip to put in a vaccine? that eventually going to degrade anyways because of your fucking immune system. It's meaningless. It's it's an effort of utility, you know? It's a... Just, yeah, you got the phone already. It's always online. If someone told me they were tracking me through my phone, I would still not turn off mobile data. <laughs> I would be like, okay, fine. I'll just, you know, leave my phone at home next time I do something illegal, which I still wouldn't do. I would still bring my phone because I want to call people while I'm doing my illegal errands. Well, you also have to take pictures of it. Exactly. You know, I got to film my crime spree and put it on YouTube, like all the cool kids. Um, what were we talking about again? Your job. Restaurant. How you got yeah. the- <laughs> oh, Dan- Daniela tapped you. Yeah, Daniela. He, uh, he uh, liked me as a host, uh, and he had a friend who was starting up a new Mexican restaurant. And uh, he got me an interview. And um, the guy I had an interview with, I fucking love him. I adore him. I will follow him to hell and back. I, I am, I've already, I, I found that I'm actually really good at this job. I've already been, gotten like four different job offers from other restaurants 
including fancy places, like really fancy places in Bergen. That's amazing. Like, I would, I, I have no fucking right to even send an application to those places because I have no experience. Last time I had a proper job was in 2016 at GameStop. You know? Yeah. I, there, there's, I have no right to be uh, like a host, let alone a server, right? I, 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 I just, uh, I'm not fucking, I don't have the qualifications on paper. But I, I still have a knack for it, apparently. Because I've gotten job interviews left and right from restaurateurs, because in Bergen, it's a small city, you know. So all the restaurateurs know each other. And whenever there's a new restaurant, they visit it. They drink themselves to stupor and they enjoy it. And, you know, they celebrate the fact that uh, a new person has uh, uh, opened a new restaurant, you know. Yeah. They're kind of a close-knit community. Like, um, uh, during the pandemic, people were trying to send uh, customers to each other so that because uh, they're all in it together so that they will all make it out uh, at the end of the pandemic having made some money gotcha yeah it's like a community all the restaurant tours drink together they're all friends um and uh yeah i got tons of job offers offers from uh, lots of people but I, i'm never gonna take any of them because i just i just love pokamadra I love uh, the 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 like the main guy in charge, uh, Eduardo, and I love Radu. He's like my my boss. Okay. Uh, but he hates that I call him that. He says we're coworkers, and I that that makes me love him even more. You know, <laughs> he's uh, he's he's Romanian, but he's already oh so Norwegian uh, in the in the equality terms, but he's not Norwegian in the social terms, and that makes me love him even more. He's like the best of every world. He's like the Hannah Montana of people. <laughs> it's just terrific i love him um and uh yeah yeah he just he makes me happy it makes me happy to work for him and my interview with him uh made me love him even more because i was it was only 20 minutes i like i can do a job interview for two hours because you know try to stop me from talking you had you need a gun and even then you have, will have to pull the trigger a couple of times to stop me um but well, I stopped myself there because I forgot where I was going. Yeah, the interview lasted 20 minutes. And I was only talking to him for about five of those. Because whenever someone needed help, he would leap out of his chair, even if we were in the middle of something, and he would go and help them. And that made me adore him. Because I thought, working for this guy, if I am ever unsure or ever like I ever have any doubts about anything... He will have my back. He will help me, and he will do it immediately. Yeah, it just it just made me feel safe. The fact that he was so comfortable just running out of the interview situation and dealing with things on like a snap notice, you know? Yeah, yeah. You want someone who's in the trenches with you. Exactly, exactly. And the, the reason why he wants me to take over, like basically his job as a host. Just, is so that he can be on the floor because he loves to be on the floor. He loves to be out there doing shit all the fucking time. He loves to have a finger in every pie. You know, he's just, he's the spider in the middle of the web doing everything. And that inspires me. Yeah. You know, that makes me, that makes me feel like, yes, yes to this guy. Yes to anything he's doing. Yeah, that's cool. I, I know, and I know restaurants can be really hectic because that's what they can be. They absolutely can be, but I, I love it though. Like uh, you get the adrenaline pumping, you're having fun. I I, I work from 15 to uh, one thirty 
15 is three o'clock uh, in PM time. Uh, from PM to zero uh, one AM, uh, like I've, I've worked those hours several times now, and I'm not tired at the end of the day, and I don't eat lunch. I'm not even hungry throughout the thing. I just like at some point I know that I need to force down a yogurt or something, yeah. and that's usually after we've closed, because <laughs> I just do it because I know that my body would require food to live, but I don't. Feel- Oh, you're cutting out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think he left us completely. Maybe his body does require food. Uh... That's okay. That's okay. Um, back. I'm back now? Yes, you're back now. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, so. You said your body yeah. doesn't require food. I remember that. Um. It does require food. I know that it does, <laughs> but I don't feel the hunger while I'm working because I'm just so winging and I'm having so much fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, I fucking love it. Like, I, I'll force down a yogurt, but it'll be after closing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love this job. It's just, it gives me a purpose with my life and I sorely needed that purpose. That's good, man. And, and it's good that you like your coworkers because I was going to say, like, I know the floor can be chaotic, but when you have a good team, uh, it doesn't feel like chaos because everybody kind of fits in where they're supposed to go. Oh, I love every single one of those people. Like, they're, they're, they're all Mexicans, uh, with the exception of a few people. We have two British bartenders. Um, we have uh, a Brazilian bartender and we have uh, maybe two or three Italians. Uh, other than that, I'm the only Norwegian representation at Poca Madre. That's um, and that's fun for me because that means I get to speak English throughout my entire day. And I love to do that. Um, but I have noticed an interesting thing. Uh, my accent changes when I speak to these people. I speak with a different accent to you than when I speak to them. And I... Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Am I here? You are here. You should wonderful. Record. You should record the accent change. I'd like to. <laughs> yes, that could be fun. Uh, catch me at work because there's something about the music that does something. Uh, my accent becomes kind of pseudo Persian. I feel, and I I blame I blame uh, blame slash thank uh, Kimia and uh, like the other Persians that uh, you know I would. To hang out with while I was, uh, you know, spending time with her mom, mom and their family and so on. Sure. Because uh, I spoke a lot of, yeah, I spoke spoke a lot of English then too. Yeah. Um. And the result has been that there was even an Italian girl who thought I was Italian, and she did not believe me when I said I was Norwegian. I was like, she, I was like, she kept speaking Italian to me, thinking she would catch me. <laughs> and I was just like standing there dumbfounded and I was like again and she's like that's a very good Norwegian accent you know you almost got me <laughs> which is funny to me and I take it as a huge compliment because uh, people in Norway yeah socially you know little off Ah, <laughs> uh, no but I'm I am loving it and I love every single person at at that restaurant and the neighboring restaurants. It's just so it's such a good community of people. 
we'll have a few drinks after work. We'll, you know, talk. It's, it's just, it just feels good to be a part of something greater than me, myself. Myself? What the fuck am I Scottish now? <laughs> I think, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And I, and I know the more involved you've gotten in things, I've noticed an improvement in your mood too. Like when you started doing the theater thing, you, your, your mood improved a bit. And when you talked yeah. about it, there was, you, it sounded like you were happy to have something to, to, to learn. I think everyone needs a purpose. I think unemployment is a bitch. It's kind of a kind bitch in Norway since I've been unemployed for, well, you know, I've been out of my studies for three years now, uh, but I've been unemployed for longer than that, but you don't need to work while you're studying. Um, what am I saying? Yeah, you don't need to work in Norway, but you want to, right? Yeah. Uh, you always want to work. Like anyone who thinks retirement is going to be fun, haven't been retired, or they've been watching some propaganda about from Cialis or something. Yeah, um, they just don't have engaging hobbies that they can really throw themselves at. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just, I will never retire. I realized that after having retired for three years in my twenties, I will never accept a proper retirement. I would sooner die at my post <laughs> because it's just, it's having nothing to do, having no purpose. It's so, so depressing. You just get fat. You get apathetic. And you die. You know? Why do you think pandas won't fuck? They're retired. They don't live in the forest. They live in a zoo. <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, yeah I got, I've gotten super fat from my retirement too. Well, I, people, I don't look fat, but I weigh a lot. It's like, uh, I, I think I carry it well. Um, but it also changes over time. Like it gets that, naturally. That's true. That's true. You know, um, but uh, in the, just the last week and a half, I've lost nine kilos. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, which is quite a lot. But that's yeah, I've lost that from simply not sitting all day, shoveling chips into my face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, it, it makes a difference. COVID was nasty to everyone in that, in that way, I think. No, that was my lifestyle before COVID. I had no excuse. Oh, well, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, like COVID changed surprisingly little for me. Mm. Yeah, there was very little change in my life to COVID. Only a feeling of change because now I could, I felt that I no longer had the opportunities I previously had. Yeah. But that didn't mean that I had ever taken advantage of those opportunities while I had them, you know, how it is. Yeah. It was well, a wake-up call though. I'm grateful for COVID. Like I'm not grateful for all the dead people out there or the sick, hurt people. But I am grateful that it gave me a perspective uh, and it gave me a drive that I did, just did not have before it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just world-changing pandemic. Sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes the world's got to change. You know, it's, it's, maybe it goes back to when we were talking about ants and how ants can adapt to different situations and if you take all the lazy ants out of an ant out of a bunch of different anthills and put them in one some of them become active yeah i'm one of those ants i was a very lazy ant and i became active that's cool 
yeah, I can relate to those ants. I feel a lot of kinship with these ants. I'm excited for your TED talk. That's going to be good. <laughs> yes. Be like the ant, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but I, I feel, I feel about 1 million units of something better. Yeah. Uh, and now that's been a half hour about me. Let's talk about you. How do you feel? How are you different? Uh, from last year? Yeah. Um, I think my friendship with you is the biggest, most notable change. Um, I think uh, last year was a little challenging at points because my meds weren't working the way they should. And, you know, when you're bipolar, you just kind of like, when you're dragged in a direction, you just have to go with it. And the meds mute. I feel like for me, what the meds do is is tamper down on the sharpness of that sudden pull and allows you to think more clearly than you normally would. Uh, but they weren't doing as well. So it's there's been a couple of points where I just had to like, whatever. COVID itself was good because I got to spend tons of time with my family. That was, that was the best part for sure. Um, it was stressful. I mean, there were times where I, st I still couldn't because like when Sarah lost the Sarah's restaurant shut down, uh, she had wanted to get out of the restaurant business for a while anyway. Um, so she started looking for other employment and she found it. It took a few months, you know, and during that time it was a little, little nerve wracking. Luckily she got unemployment because uh, the restaurant was shut down and there's nothing she could do about that. Um, but I was still working a lot extra because it's when you're an online writer, it's easy to find work when everybody's suddenly moving all their businesses online. Uh, so I was working a lot during that point, but you know, the kids were home. We got to spend more time together as a family than we ever had. And that was, you know, it was, other than that, everything else was challenging. Of course, there was just laziness, not being able to get out the, the usual suspects and, you know, maybe, maybe just some of what made the uh, bipolar a little harder to manage was being cooped up all the time. It's probably was yeah. a good, you know, I hate to have that aha moment right now, a year later. I, sh I feel like I should have figured that out sooner, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, it's it's not always easy to recognize what the problem is when you're in the situation. You know, they, there's a reason why they say hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, usually when I'm talking about, like, even being bipolar, it's usually in the context of me, like, two years ago. Because I, what I've, whatever I'm, I've got, I'm wrapped up in now is not, probably not super clear to me. Although I, I'm making, I, I don't have as many blind spots as I used to, I don't think. No, I think that's a part of aging. You could become more self-aware. You yeah. know, like there's a lot of old people out there who are completely oblivious, but I don't think they were very self-aware in their youth either. Sure. No. Yeah, it's definitely something. So how do you feel now? How do you feel now? Like, I know it's hard to tell with the 
bipolarism and etc but how do you feel right now oh right now i feel good i i i'm still waking up i woke up probably five minutes before we got together and just drinking coffee i'm i get to do some gardening today so that's nice i'm excited for that and i have a poetry workshop tonight so oh that's nice all positives yeah. Oh yeah, I would love to join that if I can uh, make it for work. I did actually write a poem for his poetry workshop. He did. He did. I did. I did. Very excited. Uh, could you send that to me one more time on Discord? Actually. Oh yeah, I will find it. It's it's on our WhatsApp. Um, oh okay. Yeah, I I will seek it out though. You don't worry about it. You 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 got stuff to do after. Um, but. You said that you felt like your friendship to me had had made an impact. Tell me about that. Because that's interesting to me. And also, whenever I can get credit for something, I'll always take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you're, you're, a, you're a generally positive person, even when you're not feeling positive yourself. And I, I think that that's an admirable quality that I don't have. And so that's something yeah. I've been it's it's made me start to work on that just being more positive in general oh thank you so much you know stay positive test negative that's what i always say <laughs> what if you want your test to be positive if you want your test to be positive then you know maybe get a little bit more positive in your average life because you got to be pretty negative to want a positive on a test <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be a medical test Yes, it has to be a medical test. It's 2021, sir. <laughs> what if, what we don't. If, we close down universities. We don't do tests unless they're medical anymore. Come on, get with the times. Okay, but what if what if I'm a prospector and I'm looking for gold because I want to set up a gold mine? You're not going to be looking for gold because you won't have enough hand sanitizer to carry all the gold with you home. You can't go looking for gold now. It's 2021. You know this. <laughs> all right, silver. So I'm looking for some silver. No, no, no. <laughs> Silver's antibacterial, but it's not antiviral. You know, it's not going to help you, my friend. You know, you're not going to be able to use the silver. I set uh, up my silver testing lab and I test for silver. Then I might. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All pandemics got to take priority. If you have a lab, that's not going to be used for any silver testing. I'm so sorry. But I'm the only person at the site. Everybody else is a robot. I, I, I Then you're being a selfish cunt for not, uh, you know, using your own your unique lab to test for Corona cases. It's not my fault. I was hamstrung by COVID. Uh, you should, you should take full responsibility either way. I was in Wuhan at the time in their labs, but I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you thought you could juggle the vials. You proved yourself wrong. You proved all of us wrong. <laughs> also, I was trying to walk, you know, something back to the freezer. It was green. And I walked past a meat packing plant instead because uh, I got lost. Um, it was really dark, and I was looking for the light switch, and I tripped and, you know, dripped some into one of the packs. I don't know. It's not my fault. And the viral agent that you released into the meat, the Chinese could not tell that it was not just seasoning. <laughs> no, but honestly, they do eat a lot of weird food. <laughs> sometimes. There's some parts of China do. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they make fucking amazing food. Food that's is the thing, food. right? That's the thing. I think when you try to eat a little bit of everything, you're just going to find some really delicious stuff in between there. Actually, you know, I want to talk about that for a second. That's an interesting thing to me with cuisine. Because humans, we are eating machines, essentially. 
Like most animals don't eat, have to eat every day. That is quite uncommon for most animals. There's a few animals that eat every day. Humans eat every day. Uh, we need to do that because our brains burn so much energy. 30% of our body heat is just through our scalp. We are just consuming shit nonstop to get those brains pumping, you know? Uh, do brains pump? Well, I'm not a doctor. Uh, but It's a set of hydraulics, actually. Yeah, <laughs> we do. <laughs> That's my hydraulic sound. You know, you can use that for whatever you want. Um, but yeah, we need to eat all the time. And I think that may be why we have so many different cultures with different foods. Because wherever you live, whenever there is something that can be digested by a person... Uh, there will be someone shoving it into their face. You know, it's yeah. like cows. Who who was the first person to think like, oh, look at that bag under that animal. I bet there's something delicious in that thing. You know, it's like the, the, when we started drinking milk from other animals, that's an odd thing to do. Um, we do a lot of odd things like that. We eat a lot of things that other animals would just look at and move on. You know, they wouldn't they wouldn't start nipping at it. They would smell it and then they would move and we go like, mm, yeah, well, you know, have you tried it with rosemary? You know, that's, that's kind of our thing. Uh, and I think cultures in warm areas, they have a lot of strange foods because there's a lot of more life there. Like take the French, you know, the frog legs and the snails and all the other things. You know, they, they make a lot of nice foods. Uh, they also make a lot of crap foods. Norway does not make a lot of nice foods. We make a few salted dried meats, you know? <laughs> to In our defense, we have very few crap foods, but we also have very few nice foods. You know, we have about as many nice foods as we have crap foods. We have one of each. And then we have provisions. That's the rest of our cuisine. <laughs> I mean... Norwegian, Norwegian cuisine is just... Um, Will this help you survive the winter? Yes. Okay. Add it to the list. Um, so yeah, I think I think the more interesting foods come from places that have stuff to eat. Well, wow, what a groundbreaking thought. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but the Chinese—they do have a lot of weird shit. Um, I was in China for a two-week period. And yeah, I really liked it. The people are so nice. Um, they aren't nearly as busy as they seem on TV. Uh, some are. Some are rushing around. But um, most people seem quite chill. They're very happy. They're very friendly. Uh, but they do eat a lot of extremely odd stuff. You know, like uh, bugs and stuff. Um, and there's nothing inherently strange about eating a bug. I think maybe the reason we don't eat bugs is because it's in the Bible that you're not supposed to do that. And then culturally, we just find it odd. Yeah. Um, I went to a bug-eating restaurant in Washington, D.C. once. Was it good? It was. You, I, I did have to get over it because, you know, it's, <laughs> so I got, like, some grasshoppers, and they were cooked in a sauce and stuff. And because they were bigger... I had a tougher time with them first. So I kind of set them aside. And then I had like a small bowl of ants that were prepared somehow. And then... Ants, they seem like nice. I seem like I could eat a fistful of ants, no problem. 
a grasshopper. It's like, mm, I gotta have to chew through the shell and then I get to a gooey bit. Uh, no, you know? For me, it was about size. The bigger the thing was, the more you could taste, you could wrap your tongue around like individual body parts. So with it was it was nice yeah. with the ants because the ants are small and they're crunchy. So it was like part of a salad. So it was tossed with some greens and they had like peanuts in there and stuff. And so that was okay because they were, it wasn't the only crunchy thing in the salad, but the grasshoppers were just, they were cooked and they were prepared. Like they had, there was like a stuffing there too, but it was, it, it just, you could taste, I, I had like a, a leg on my tongue when I took the first bite and I made the mistake of like biting toward the head so I could like feel. And so, so I had to start with the ants to kind of like get into it. And then it was fine. By the, by the time I left, like I had had a few more bugs and it was okay. I got over it pretty quick. I'm traumatized <laughs> hearing about you biting a grasshopper's head. Um, did you take pictures? No, this was, this was before I was like 19. Oh, so it was back in the 1950s, I see. Well, I mean, uh, I had a cell phone at the time, but I've never been a big... I've never been big on taking my phone places and doing a lot with it. I just kind of have it to text people if I need to. Yeah, I I feel like yeah, I'm I'm similar. But if I were eating a grasshopper, I would I would document it. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna go back to that restaurant? I don't know. It might not even be open. Um, well, so if you were was, to, if there was a bug eating restaurant in Ohio, would you visit it? Maybe. It depends. That would be something I'd rather do with somebody else because I don't want to just like, if I'm going to go out to eat, I don't want to like go out and get that adventurous alone. No, but I mean, like if you go out to eat, uh, I'm assuming you go out to eat with people all the time or do you ever go out to eat on your own? Um, so the first one, not really. Sarah and I go to a couple restaurants a year, maybe. Um, her parents take us out to eat a couple times. And I don't, when I get together with people, it's usually at houses. Like I don't really go very many places, definitely not to restaurants too often. I'm not as, I'm not much of a restaurant person. Um, but if, if I had a friend over and like, you know, somebody drove from out of town and they're like, Hey, let's go eat some bugs. I'd be like, okay, I'd do that. Okay. Cause the thing I'm, the thing I'm interested in is more like, would you eat at this restaurant for a meal or would you do it exclusively for the experience of eating the bugs with your friends? The experience. Yeah, it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm really hungry today. I'm going to go and grab a couple of grasshoppers. There's there's a good chance I might like swing by and pick up a burger on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the experience. <laughs> because I do want to experience that too. Like ants, I'm like, that's not so adventurous. I can eat a fistful of ants, no problem. I've seen like like you know videos where they have like uh, they do a cooking channel or and or I don't I don't I don't know what kind of show I watched to see this, but there was basically some poor Chinese people uh, in some documentary, and they were sitting on the floor in their huts eating, and they had a bowl of rice, and they just kind of mixed the ants into the bowl of rice and they ate it with their hands, you know. Okay. It was like sticky jasmine rice. Sure. And it made perfect sense to me because it's like, yeah, you want the rice, it's filling. You're not going to fill up on ants. That's going to take forever. Um, but the ants are protein rich, right? So it's a nice thing to add to your rice to make sure the meal is a proper meal. 
instead of just filling up on rice and then getting sick from having no nutrition. Sure. Um, and I think that's super interesting. Um, and also, it looks kind of... I, I'll, I'll be honest. Some things that are strange also looks really delicious. Like snakes. Have you seen snakes? No. no Snake not. meat. Oh, they look delicious, man. Like when they... I've seen like uh, them in China. I saw them like hang some of them up uh, and they fried them. Like not deep fry them, but they fry them on a grill, you know? Like they have like a shish kebab kind of thing and they stick them through. Sure. And... They take off the skin, um, but not completely, because then the meat falls off. So it's like you stick it through. You they have they have cut the. It's like when you cook a fish, you know, you got it. They got the snake, uh, and then they pick off the meat after it's done cooking, you know, over the fire, the grill, and it just it it's it looks looks like chicken. They say it tastes like chicken, which makes sense to me because chicken is a low fat meat. Snake is a low fat meat. And I think most of the flavor from meat probably comes from the fat. So low-fat meats would taste a little bit similar. Yeah. Uh, But the texture, that's the thing that gets me. Because I see them tear off bits. And it's kind of like... You know how chicken is when you rip it? You know how it has, like, it it, it looks kind of tattered? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look... It it looks... It has has a dry quality to it, which I really appreciate. Because I cannot stand juicy meat when people say juicy as if it's a good thing i'm like why would you want juice in your meat you freak <laughs> um so i'm always fun at the barbecues because i want it very 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 well done <laughs> uh, hank hill would politely yet firmly ask me to leave <laughs> oh yeah no I, I haven't tried snake i've I've had frogs, frog legs, and... They look a little gooey. Are they gooey? I don't know. It was in a soup. Did you eat the legs or just the soup? I ate the legs. They were chewy. They were like gummy. Ugh. Sorry. Sorry to all the people eating frogs out there, but ugh, don't eat gummy meat. (laughs) It was pretty good. I I was a kid, though. I don't remember it super well. I remember liking the soup. Yeah, I would much rather eat the bowl of ants than a frog's leg. Yeah, I I, I had octopus one time, and that was so slimy and like. Oh god, yeah. That Just watching people eat that makes. Yeah, that was really gross. I couldn't. I, I won't oh. do that again. Oh my god, have you seen the the girl on YouTube who eats them alive? I hate her. Oh, no. I hate her so much. It's just <laughs> it's so fucking cruel because she cuts like their head off. But, like, not their head, like, the top of their head, like, the brain. But they have a brain and everything, so they still live, right? Oh, and then she pours soy sauce on them. Oh. You know? And that stings when you have an open fucking wound. So they they kind of, like, writhe in agony. And she calls them dancing squids. It's like a Japanese thing. And then she shoves them into her fucking maw and swallows them alive. So that they dance in her stomach acid. What the? I don't care what kind of culture you're from. That is just cruel. <laughs> you're going to eat something. Have the decency to kill it. And don't add the torture for fun. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh. That is obscene. No, yeah, I can't. I can't. 
Oh, I can't over-visualize that too much because it's going to get... No, I will send you a video of it later when you least expect it. But it will it. traumatize you and you won't like me for having done that. Well, it's, it's fine. I'm not going to watch it, though. That's you, okay. We will add it to the link in the description of this episode. No, I'm not putting that on there. Okay, okay, we won't. This is we won't. a vile fucking thing. It's a vile fucking thing. Uh it's uh, uh it, it, what annoys me is that she was trying to do that whole Japanese girl thing where she's like, oh, being so cute about it while she was essentially torturing a fucking thing while eating it. Yeah. You are not the sweet, cute thing here. You are the big sea monster bothering this little thing. That's the cute thing. And the cute thing is in pain, missing fucking body parts and being tortured by you. You are not adorable. Not now and not since. Yeah, I, it bugged me. It bugged me. I'm gonna be honest and say that. I used to, I used to watch like, you know, videos, documentaries about meatpacking plants and dog fighting rings and stuff like that, and the skinning industry. And I, I'm just now against it. I don't need to learn more. It's no. It's I have just a bad. really hard time seeing video footage. It's like, I shouldn't be the one being, I shouldn't just torture myself. I know it's wrong now, or I, I knew it was wrong before, but I have more. You feel emotionally that it is wrong. It's not just like intellectually, this is not okay, but you're like emotionally feeling this is sick. Yeah, I don't nothing, want to participate in this. There's no more convincing that needs to be done. <laughs> there's, yeah. it, I definitely can't emotionally handle watching more. So they, they no, no, meet back. I was against meatpacking plants ever since I was six years old, and I played the game uh, Oddworld Apes Odyssey. My friend had that. It's a fantastic game. I love it. And it had a cool art. A really dark view on a meatpacking plant where the workers, uh, who are this kind of like, you know, American Indian, uh, you know, like Sioux tribes, you know, like the, 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 what do you call them? Native Americans. You know, it was like, they are like the slave slave race working in the factory for these gluckons and sligs who are essentially just industrialists gotcha. and their business is going down a little bit so they're trying to sell and because you know they're running all the fucking animals extinct through their meatpacking plant uh, and so they start taking those employees and turning them into products and you have to escape and you have to try and free your your fellow Indians, you know, the the, the Madakans, they're called. And uh, it's, it's a very cool game. It's got a lot of spiritual undertones to it. Because um, you're playing Abe, uh, who's like this Madakan who's, you know, trying to release everyone. And you can use, like, your powers to take over the guards, the sligs, and have them, like, release people or shoot each other, which is, you know, it's kind of very karmic, very satisfying. It's a very fun, little brutal game, but it's very fun. Um, do you have anything more you want to say? Um, or should we uh, call it a day today and uh, uh, greet these fine people in next week instead? I would say, I just want to say thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Mwah. I love you, man. I really do. Likewise. Likewise, I'm not. I'm not as good at. Uh, 
I'm not. I can, I'm not always terribly good at showing affection. You don't have to. I feel it. <laughs> you don't have to show anything. I feel it. I feel it right through the cloth of your pants, my friend. Mwah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know. Can't sit on your lap because I'm sitting a little taller than you. Then. Um, it's become a slow dance. <laughs> No, but seriously, though, seriously, though, I love you. You're a near and dear friend to me, and you are more family than friend at this point. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a year. It feels like longer. It does. It does. It's uh, it's gone. Time has gone fast, yet extremely slow. It's weird, but it's good. Okay, so this has been Moot. Please follow us on Twitter at the Moot Podcast and visit us at the Moot subreddit. Take care, guys. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>